Okay, so we start, we're at the very bottom of the Yud Bet Amud Bet. If you remember, the Mishnah had said, You're allowed to remove the flax from what it was soaking in. Okay? And the idea of the Mishnah said was, So it doesn't get lost, it doesn't get ruined. So Gemara says, so we said in the Mishnah, the last line of the Mishnah was, not the last line, but the line after this, is that you're allowed to take your flax out of the soaking thing, so that it doesn't get lost. But as long as you don't purposely direct your malacha, like you don't delay the malacha and don't do it before Yom Tov, so you can do it on Cholom So here the question is, Rabbi Yirmi asked Rabbi Zeyra at the very bottom of Daphne, the bottom of bed, if a person did do that, so there's an underlying assumption here that we will penalize the person and say, well, if you did it, we're not going to let you get benefited from it. What happens if the person did the malacha, he was mechaven to do the malacha on Yom on Cholomoed, but then he died? So do we, do, we, do we penalize the children as well? Im tim lomar, if you want to say, we'll turn it to Yegim Alamad Aleph, Saram ozen bechor kansub no acharav, mishum disur d'oraita. Now what's the case here? The case there of the bechor, Rashi points out, is that you have, in the case of a bechor, has to be brought as a korban, a person, but if it becomes a balmum, if it has a mum, right, some type of blemish, and it can't be brought as a korban, so you could use it. So what happens if you make the mum on purpose, like you cut the ear or something like that, right? Pitaramoza means you cut the ear of the, uh, of the bechor. So we give you a penalty, and you're not allowed to get benefit from that animal because you're just trying to cheat the system. So there we do penalize the children that the animal itself is prohibited, but maybe that's because it's an isra de araita to do that. Um, um, but here, it's not an Yisra Doraita. Here we're talking about the Malachan Cholamoi, not the same. V'im tim tselomar machar avdo lo'oved kol chavim u'meit kansub no acharav, mishum dekol yoma mafkele mimitzvot. But, or there's another case where a person, you're not allowed to sell an evit knani to non-Jews. Okay? And the reason presented is because the evit knani, who was originally not Jewish, now as an evit knani, is observing mitzvot, uh, like a woman, meaning he's chayav in all mitzvot except for mitzvot asei shezman grama. So there also, the penalty is if you release, if you sell the obi, the, obi, the, the evet kanani to the obi kochavim, then the halacha is you've lost the possession of that evet, and even if he runs away, you know, you don't get possession of him anymore. Okay, you can't have him, he goes free basically. There also we penalize the children. Again, so so uh, because every day you're, you're basically by selling to the obi kochavim, you're taking him away from mitzvot. But hachamai. But here, what's the deal when it comes to cholamoid? Gavra kanis rabbanan v'halaita. Is it that the rabbanan are penalizing the individual and he's not around because he died? Oh, the amamamona kanis rabbanan. Or is it the money, or in this case, really the object that's being penalized? V'haite, and it's here. So Amar So he answered tanitua. It's actually in a mishnah. The answer can be found in the Mishnah. How does it say? If you have a field that had its thorns removed during the Shemitah year, which really wasn't appropriate, but it was done anyways, nonetheless, you're allowed to plant that field the year after the Shemitah year is over. Okay, so then you're not, you don't get penalized. But Nitaiva Nidaira, but if you fertilize the land, Nitaiva means you straight up fertilize the land. Nidaira means you pen in animals to roam around in the area and by itself it gets fertilized right from all the uh, manure. So then you're not allowed to uh, use it after a Shemitah is up. 
We hold, we have this idea, if a person fertilized the field and then he died, the son, his son is able to plant it. Alma, because we can infer from here, so you see that he, that he gets penalized, but not the son. Okay, so here too, the same thing would be true when it comes to a person who's mechadei melachto b'moed. He wouldn't be allowed to use the items, but the son would. Amar Abaye, Abaye says, Naktina, we have all the different halacha, timei taharotavu meid, if a person purposely makes another person's taharot, let's say a person has truma, and he makes those, that truma tamei, that's what we call hezek she'enonikar. It's a damage that's not recognizable, because it's a halachic damage, it's not a physical damage. So there is a punishment, you have to pay the guy back. But it says, and if a person dies, lo kansub no acharav, we do not penalize the son afterwards. So again, why not? Why not? If you're, uh, why shouldn't you have to pay for that damage? Mar says, my time on, what's the reason? Hezek sheinon nikar lo shmei hezek. So since hezek sheinon nikar is not really called damage, lididei kantu rabbanan, lebrei lo kantu rabbanan. So he also, he gets he gets penalized by the rabbanan, but the son does not get penalized. Okay, so there's another uh, instances you see this parallel where the, the person himself gets penalized, but not the son. Okay, new Mishnah. Mishnah says, Ein lo batim elo You may only purchase houses, slaves, or animals for the purpose of the moed. Or for the purpose of the seller who doesn't have what to eat. Let's say there's a guy, he's desperate, he doesn't have any food, and he needs to sell a property in order to have some money. You say, well, well, just give him some stucca. So apparently we see that we'd much rather give a guy you know, an honest living right, rather than have him be a, re- a recipient of charity. So he says, I can sell off my animal to you. So can, maybe in that case, I can buy a behemoth. So Gemara says, What's the deal with a schar pula for somebody that doesn't have what to eat? Look at Rashi. It's right in the middle by where the commissioner is. Schar pula she'en lo mayuchal, she'en lo lepoel mayuchal. The worker doesn't have what to eat. Ma'u she'iten lo melachal, u'lo sochro, k'dei she'en lo mayuchal achal. So can I hire the worker to basically give him some work? Right, normally we don't really want to hire workers at Cholom because we don't want to be involved in that stuff. But here this guy really needs to work. So what's the lacha? Am I allowed to, um, am I allowed to, uh, what's it called, uh, hire him to make sure that he has what to eat? So Amr Lei Tanina, he says, oh, he said that. Look in the Mishnah. Look at our, Mish- our Mishnah, right? Our, ours is the Mishnah, right? This is a good example. The Gemara it sort of has like this random question that's being asked, and then we're using our Mishnah as the proof, and that's why it's brought in context of our Mishnah. So Amr Lei Tanina, O Torah HaMocher She'en Lo Ma Yochal. So he says, or for the purpose of the seller who does not have what to eat. What does that come to include? When he already said, you're allowed to do it. So if it's for Torah you can do this anything. So what do I have to add to this idea of uh, so isn't this coming to include that I can give a guy wages for the work he's doing? I says, no, not necessarily. It's not necessarily what the Mishnah is teaching us. Maybe just Perushik and Mefarish. Maybe it's just explaining what Tzorah HaMoed is. Meaning in those cases, what Tzorah HaMoed is, the person needs, the, needs uh, to sell something off in order to have some money. But not, not necessarily could you hire him to do work. Okay, it be Abaye, so Abaye has a cash on this. Ain Kotvim, it says in the, uh, in the Brayta, maybe it's a later Mishnah actually. Ain Kotvim, Shtarecho B'moed. So do not, you're not allowed to write um, promissory notes on but if he doesn't believe the guy, I mean, if you're giving out a loan, he doesn't trust that he'll get paid back, or the guy will be honest enough to pay him back without writing a document, 
or the person who needs the loan really needs it, he doesn't want to eat, so how raise it? Um, or maybe Enlo Mayochal might be referring to the. One second. I think it might be for the the sofa. One second. One second. Second. Oh, sorry. So, so he should. Uh, so he is allowed to write in that case. So Gemara says again. So What's that point of the line? This kind of seems like an extraneous point there. What is that telling us? Says now also to tell us that you can like hire. In this case, Rashi says the sofa. You can hire the scribe to write up the documents. Like this guy doesn't have any business. He needs to get some business because he has no food. So shmamina. So you can learn from that. You are allowed to include scharpula. So Abaya says from here. You see from the the, the, the later Mishnah that um, that uh, you would be allowed to uh, to do scharpula in that case. Okay, motiv Rav Sheshet, Rav Sheshet asks Akasha, the Chachamim Omrim Shalosh Umniyot Osim Lacha B'Aripsachim Ad Chatzot. They say there's three professions who can do Melacha on Erev Pesach until Chatzot. Meaning normally, this is actually a whole Sugya Masach Pesachim. Do we do Melacha on Erev Pesach? Do we not do Melacha on Erev Pesach? That's actually the source of the whole discussion about Minach HaMakom. Anything more talk about Minach HaMakom? That's the idea. There's places where they did Melacha on Erev Pesach, places where they didn't do Melacha on Erev Pesach. And you know, in that context, we say there's three. Um, Professions that may do Melacha on Arab Pesach. What are they? Hachayatin, tailors. Vehasaparin, barbers. Vehakopsin, and launderers. Okay? Hachayatin, when it comes to um, um, tailors, we know. Shekein hedyo tofer kedarga b'cholo shamoed. Because a, a regular person can can sew normally on cholo moed. So you need the chayatin on Arab uh, Pesach, I think is what we're saying. Hasaparim ba'kopsin, why? Because she can habayimim dinatayam ba'yozi beta'asarim mutarim la'saper la'chabes ba'shol ha'shamoe. That they're also allowed to do the things in Arab Pesach because in other circumstances, even though normally we don't get haircuts or do laundry during cholamoid, people who come out of jail or come from overseas on cholamoid are allowed to get a haircut or allowed to uh, do laundry. Um, one second. And if you would think that that's that you don't have what to eat, is permissible, all should be permissible. Now, what's interesting about this line is we, we sort of like after you get to the end, you can figure out what the beginning was saying. So what we seem to be in saying is that the reason you, these three malachal can work is because there's parallel situations where someone can do those things during Cholomoe. So a tailor can work in Arab Pesach. Why? Because the Hedu can do work on Cholomoe. The, the, the launderers and the barbers can work on Cholomoe, excuse me, on Arab Pesach, because there's situations where they'd be allowed to work on Cholomoe. So once there's any situation where you can do it on Cholomoe, presumably you can do it on Arab Pesach as well. So here too, if you're saying that Scharpula, basically any work would be permissible if you needed the money, Right, desperately. So then everyone should be allowed to do malacha on Arab Pesach. That's what we're saying. Okay? So, so that's the logic. So Matliv, our papa, so our papa asked Akasha from logic, but now if that's true, Binyan Lishtereh, then you should allow building on Arab Pesach. She can kota la goler shutar abim. We learned this much earlier. If you have a, a, a wall that's leaning into Rashut Rabim, you can knock it down, build it up again, normally because of the danger involved. Right? So that doesn't seem to work. 
building certainly is not allowed, so this logic isn't working. Furthermore, Matmala Ravina, Ravina has a similar question. Let us so far be allowed to work in our Pesach. Because you can write certain types of documents on Cholomoi, naming Kiddushin, forgets, a Shovar showing that you already paid the Ketubah, that's a receipt for paying the Ketubah, so that doesn't seem to work either. So Elam or Rabashi, so rather Rabashi responds and says as follows: Moeda Arbas Karamid. Wait a minute, you're trying to ask Kashas about Cholamoed onto the issue of Erev Pesach. Why are you comparing those two things? Moeda Mishum Tirchahu. Moeda, the whole reason you came to Malach and Cholamoed is because of Tircha. It's too much work. So if there's a situation of loss, the Rabbanan allowed it. Arbas Ar Mishum Tarech Yom Tovu. For the, the work on the 14th is for the Yom Tov. For who are the people who are allowed? Tailors to make your clothes nice before Yom Tov. The guy who gives you haircuts so you can look nice. The launderer to do your laundry. These are all things to prepare for Yom Tov. So those are the things you can do. So don't give me the idea of, oh, if it was allowed during Cholomoed, it's allowed on Arab Pesach. That's not the whole logic. It isn't true at all. And therefore, it's completely separate reasons. And therefore, you can't compare the two things. Okay, that takes us to the mission. New Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Ein mibayit You're not allowed to clear out kelim from one house to another. But you can do it to your courtyard. Rashi says, uh, the first wide line here, There's a very strange havamina here, Rashi says, which becomes clear, that's what the Gemara is thinking, which is that it sounds like you are bringing from a house which is in a different chatzer, to your current chatzer. That's what it sounds like you're not supposed to do. Okay? Uh, sorry, uh, you're not allowed to bring kelim from the um, artisan's uh, shop, okay, or house, because it sort of looks like you just got work done on Cholomoy by the guy. But if you're worried that they might get stolen or something like that, then you can take them to a different chatzer so it doesn't look so bad. Gemara says, How can you say that you're allowed to take it to your chatzer? You just said you're not allowed to clear things out from the house to house. Rabbi says, No, the safe is talking about a house in the chatzer. A house in the chatzer. Rosh in the second to last line says, You can take from your house that's in your chatzer to your chatzer. So, okay, that's sort of like, I think, sort of like the simple way to read the mission, anyways, but that wasn't the Gemara's original understanding. Finally, it says the aim of in kelim be beitomai. You can't bring kelim from the artisans or the professional's house. Amar apapa badiklan rava. Rava checked on checked on us. He's really like testing us about the following question. He asks us this question. Tanan, it says, and the Mishnah as follows: On the one hand, we learned in the Mishnah you can't bring kelim from to your house from the house of the artisan or minhu, but there's going to be a contradictory brayta. It says molichin that you are allowed to bring the kelim even though it's not for the purpose of the moed. So that's what's the how you resolve the contradiction. So Rabbi says that's what Rabbi asked us. We and we gave him the following answer: we said one's an Arab Pesach and one's a Cholomoid, totally different rules. Alternatively, you could say, Haba Haba Cholomoid, both are on Cholomoid, Kaba Ma'amino, Kaba She'en Ma'amino. One is where Ma'amino, Rashi says, Ma'amino Le'uman She'en Mevi'en Deshalolet Tarachu. If you believe, if you sort of trust the Uman that he uh, will treat your, your, your property properly and he'll guard it properly, then you should leave it. But if you don't trust him, then you can bring it out. Okay, so we'll stop there and continue tomorrow. Bezat Hashem, tomorrow we'll finish the parrot. Uh